there, entrepreneurs, dream makers, and small business titans. I'm Chip Schweiger, and welcome to this episode of the Entrepreneur's Accountant Podcast, where you get tips and tricks that can help you level up your company to build value and create a business that goes from seven figures to eight and from eight figures to nine. I'm a CPA in public practice who, for the last 27 years, has worked with some of the largest companies in America. But my real passion is in helping entrepreneurs and business owners like you because you truly are the crown jewel of our economy. And today, we've got an interesting episode for you. But before I move on, be sure to sign up for email updates at my new website, www.entrepreneursaccountant.com to get exclusive content and tips that allow you to grow your business while enjoying the lifestyle you're entitled to. That's www.entrepreneursaccountant.com. So let's get to this week's show. So welcome to this week's show. Really, really happy to have you here. I think it's going to be an interesting show. It's kind of going to be a little bit shorter than normal shows because I really want to hammer home just one particular point that I think is really important now that we're coming out of the pandemic. So thankfully, we've made it through, gosh, a year, 15 months of this pandemic. It's really infected businesses uh, pretty ruggedly. But now that we're coming out of it and hiring is starting to pick up and people are starting to get back out in the marketplace, there are now renewed opportunities for you to sell your company. And there's going to be suitors, I'm sure, they are going to start to look for good companies to acquire. And it's really a time for you to think about what your strategy is relative to that particular situation if you're thinking about selling your company. So I want to talk about just that this week, a really quick show, and we'll get onto it. You know, but first let's let's go back, gosh, I guess 10 years, uh, back to June 1st of 2011. So and on that date, both Floyd's coffee shops in Portland, Oregon were busier than usual. The regulars were elbowed out of the way, actually, by new customers who were visiting the store for the first time to redeem a coupon to get $10 worth of coffee for $3. Now, this tempting offer was made because Floyd's had been picked as the first ever Google Offers deal of the day. Now, if you remember back to that time, Google Offers was the company's first baby step into the world of social buying and kind of the social buying promotions where a special limited time offer is made by a business hoping that the deal will spread virally and thereby, thereby introduce a new legion of customers to that particular business. Google, of course, didn't invent the deal of the day category. They were actually goaded into it after their generous $6 billion offer to buy Groupon was turned down. And now at this point, Groupon was starting to feel the pinch after thumbing their nose at one of the world's largest, most valuable companies. So according to Compete.com, Google's traffic went from 30, I'm sorry, Groupon's traffic rather, went from 33.7 million unique visitors in June 2011 to just 18.3 million unique visitors in January 2012. That's a drop of almost half inside of less than a year. And not surprisingly, Groupon stock also was suffering, dropped 25% since its IPO that same year. So why am I telling you this story? Well, it's, it's really the moral here is to be careful in these times as companies are approaching you, to be careful not to overplay your hand when being approached by someone who wants to buy your company. 
Acquirers usually have deep pockets, and while you may think that your business is unique, never underestimate the resolve of a big company with lots of cash. Typically, when they make the decision to walk away from the negotiating table, they don't leave empty-handed. They come away with newfound insight on how to run your business, what works, and what flops. So they have an enormous head start to launch a competitive company. And it, just, and it doesn't happen just in Silicon Valley. So let's take a hypothetical example of a home security company generating a half a million dollars a year in profit pre-tax, installing and monitoring home alarms. One day a big alarm company comes along and says that they want to buy that business and they're willing to pay four times pre-tax profit, a multiple of four times. The alarm company owner turns up his nose and demands six times earnings. He's pretty proud of his company. He thinks it should be worth more. So now the suitor has a choice, right? They can try and negotiate with the owner, but that would really undermine the economics of the model that they've used to probably buy hundreds of similar alarm companies across the country. Or they can simply hire someone to start an office to compete with them. So let's say they pick door number two and hire a young, aggressive manager. They guarantee her a $200,000 a year salary in the first 12 months on the job while she's building her business. Now, you've not only lost the opportunity to sell your business, you're now competing against a young, motivated rival with a parent company who has an extra $1.8 million, right? It's the $2 million offer that they withdrew minus the $200,000 a year salary that they're paying the manager. So they've got an extra $1.8 million that they didn't use to buy you and they're now putting it towards helping your new competitor build her business. Now, if you're lucky enough to get approached by a big company who wants to buy yours, remember that they're usually not choosing between buying you or buying your competitor. They're often choosing between buying you or setting up shop to compete against you. When you think that uh, they'll come back to the bargaining table, you might be surprised because they do have an alternative to buying you. They can simply compete with you using the money that they were going to pay to you. Now, let's get something straight. I'm not suggesting that you should take less than what your company's worth, but I am suggesting that you know the value of your company. You know the true value of the company. Know what makes your company valuable to a potential buyer and know what the competitive landscape truly looks like. Use objective information rather than letting your pride get in the way. You should be rightfully proud of your life's work, but you'll benefit from understanding that a potential buyer doesn't have the same emotional attachment to the business that you do. They're simply, they're competing and comparing your business to what it would cost them to get into that same market. By understanding this, you'll be able to sort through the offers you receive from the bottom feeders as compared to those that make real economic sense. And before we go, uh, for I guess before we finish up this week, just to circle back on the story of Groupon and uh, maybe you're wondering what's happened since 2011 when they rejected Google's $6 billion offer. So 20, and I know it's been a kind of a funny year uh, with the pandemic, but in 2020, Groupon did $1.4 billion in revenue and had basically uh, EBITDA, we'll call it about $287 million loss. In the year before that, 19, uh, they had a $22 million loss. 
in 2018, they had an $18 million, I'm sorry, $11 million loss. And back in 2017, they had $14 million profit. So basically, if you're going to normalize those earnings for the last four years and hit them with a multiple of earnings of four or six times, you decide not to buy this company because you really can't get your money paid back. Uh, they have, over the last four years, ended up losing about almost $300 million in EBITDA. So, you know, I, I, I tell the story only because it's, I think it's an interesting one, thinking back with hindsight, but also understanding that there's a great opportunity to understand really what your company's worth versus what the market thinks it's worth and make the, the right decisions based on that. So that's all for this week, and I'm truly honored that you've chosen to invest your time with me. If you've enjoyed today's discussion, please consider subscribing to this podcast so that you'll never miss a future episode. It's easy to do by just clicking on that subscribe button or that follow button. And with that, we'll see you down the road. Thank you.